Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are on the Anarchist World this week. My name is Joseph Tuscombe, I'm hosting today's program. If you wonder what anarchy is all about, anarchos without rulers. It's about creating a society without rulers, not without rules. So how do you create a society without rulers? You've got two issues. You've got inequalities in power and wealth. You need to resolve both inequalities in power and wealth. Do we elect you as commander-in-chief of the world's military forces or do we collectively through direct democratic processes try to come up with decisions which suit most of us that's what anarchy is all about it's about devolving power sharing wealth holding wealth in common because it's inequalities in power and wealth which puts us in the situation around the world today we find ourselves in you know institutionalized power is the aphrodisiac of the tyrants and whether a tyrant is elected through representative democracy or self-appoints themselves through a military coup, well, a tyrant is a tyrant. So anarchism is about creating a society without rulers. It is an attempt by human beings to satisfy individual need, uh, everybody's individual need in the community. It's about attempt by human beings to overcome inequality and oppression. Whether we succeed or not doesn't really matter. What matters is that we're involved in that struggle to create that community because if we wait for the perfect moment, nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. Now, a few little interesting things. Now, look, I was a bit, I was a bit, I was a bit annoyed yesterday or today. I can't remember. People know me say, well, you're always annoyed, Joe. What's new? Well, what's new is I was annoyed. And everybody says that things aren't going well here in Australia. What a lot of crap. If you're a CEO in Australia, things are going gangbusters for you. They're going really well, extraordinarily well. I mean, the top CEO's salary was $37 million for Domino's Pizzas of all organisations. Looks like there's a lot of money to be made in making pizzas. That's the CEO's salary. So CEO's salaries have, have been, you know, since the... Global financial crisis in 2008, a decade ago, have been going through the roofs. Now, this mate, and why are you annoyed, Joe? Well, I'm annoyed because the program, The Anarchist World This Week, is produced from the community radio station 3CR in Melbourne. It is broadcast across Australia by the community radio network. And uh, as you know, community radio, it's a hand-to-mouth existence and one of the major ways of raising funds for the radio station which I broadcast from, Community Radio 3CR, is through the Radiophone. 
and I've received my figures today as I walked in. I always like to look at the figures, and I can't believe it. CEOs are getting, you know, $750,000 a week. I can't even raise a miserable $10,000. Can't even raise $10,000 to keep a community radio station on air. Now, currently, my total is $9,866.71. And I've been flogging this dead horse for a few weeks now. But it would be nice to be considered to be a five-figure man. You know, if I earn $10,000 an hour, well, maybe then I could be, you know, looking at some real money as, as far as being a CEO is concerned. But unfortunately, not one of one cent goes to me it all goes to keeping community radio stations on air keeping community radio station 3cr in melbourne on air so if you want to and you want to keep listening to the anarchist world this week and you'd like to see community radio stations flourish across the nation support the fundraising uh, activities of your community radio station because we do live in a capitalist society you don't pay the bills you close down you lose the license well it isn't normally reissued because community radio sta- community radio network can be a little bit of a burr under the saddle of those who are exercise power and uh, concentrate wealth in their hands in this country so if you are listening to community radio through CR and you want to keep that particular station on air and you want to help the Anarchist will this week get over its $10,000 target. We still need $133.29. So ring 039-419-8377, 039-419-8377 and pledge. Simple. And why did I waste four minutes of the program doing that? Well, it's very simple. No community radio stations, no Anarchist World this week. Could you imagine the Anarchist World this week being on a corporate-owned media of the government guild at ABC? In 1999, I received my marching orders from the ABC for having the audacity to criticise the great man, John Howard. Not only did I receive my marching order, the program was suspended. Extraordinary stuff. But that's, that's what happens. That's why... Community radio is such an important aspect. Now, you may say to me, well, we've got YouTube, we've got the World Wide Web, we've got podcasts. Well, it's not the same as having something on the ground, something physical, something where volunteers come come to, work, you know, develop themselves, learn new skills. That's what community radio is about. It's not just about the broadcasters. It's about the way they're structured, the way they incorporate volunteers, the way they run on the smell of an oily rag. It's a real radio. Okay, let's move on. Collective defiance. I mean, you can have individual defiance, and usually with individual defiance, you actually either end up in a mental institution or in prison or bankrupted. But collective defiance is another thing because you get to a stage in life where you really realise that the only way forward is through collective defiance. Now, I know this is another horse, another dead horse I've been trying to uh, resuscitate by giving a bit of adrenaline in, in, you know, in the heart, but uh, public housing. Now, having a right, you know, a right to secure stable accommodation not having a privilege to afford affordable housing accommodation is a, an essential aspect of any community. It is, it, is, it is critical. It is critical to have that 
roof over your head, not just in terms of protecting yourself from the elements, but in being able to have a little bit of personal security, being able to interact with the people around you, being able to be become part of a community, be able to give back to society. And unfortunately in this country, public housing is a non-issue. I'll give you an example which that I'm familiar with. As I said, this program emulates from the studios of Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne. So I'm very familiar with the public housing situation in the state of Victoria and also New South Wales to some degree and, you know, but I've got little familiarity with the rest of the country. And obviously you've got familiarity with the public housing situation in your part of the world. Now in the state of Victoria, which I'm familiar with, and I'm sure this type of these ideas have been replicated across the country. Public housing is a non-issue. Both of the major parties have agreed that public housing is something, is a relic of a bygone era and it should be privatised. It's simple. Whereas the Australian Labor Party, which is putting all its money into affordable and community-based housing, which are private organisations which provide housing, on behalf of the government, or whether it's the Liberal National Party, which basically wants to sell off all the public housing in Victoria as soon as it's elected. Public housing is a non-issue. And if you, uh, you've been following our beloved Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, Turnbull, great man, great man, great man, you heard me say it, great man, makes uh, President Groper, a.k.a. the Trumpster, look like an amateur Total amateur. Great man. Al, Mel- Al Malcolm comes down to Melbourne, tells us all about, about, about Sudanese crime gangs. You know, Sudanese gangs. It's all about Sudanese gangs. So the election on the 24th November, and we've already heard the first shots, is going to be fought on two issues in Victoria. Or they think it's going to be fought on two issues. The corporate-owned media thinks it's going to be fought on two issues because they think they can actually get their boys and girls across the line. The Matthew-led Victorian Liberal Party and with its National Party Coalition partners, get them over the line. And that's law and order. Law and order. Increase the prison population. Increase the police force. Safe Victoria. Safe Victoria. So that's the big thing, law and order. And the second big thing, transport. Roads, bridges, tunnels, you name it, transport. They're the only two issues that matter. We don't care about anything else. Well, how about a little bit of collective defiance? Now, public interest before corporate interest, which I'm secretary of, a rapidly growing organisation, which hopefully within the next 12 months, we'll be able to register as a federal political party. Currently, we have 391 members on the electoral roll, the Australian electoral roll, another another four 400 members who are not on the electoral roll. And we need 550 members on the electoral roll to register as a political party. So we're up to 391, and hopefully over the next few weeks, I'll be able to uh, tell you the increased total. But like everything else, it's really up to you at the end of the day what type of mass organisation we create because we can put forward ideas, we can give birth to ideas, but whether they are starved 
or a stillborn, whether they're starved to death as children or a stillborn, basically is totally dependent on our listeners taking up these issues. Totally dependent. Totally dependent. So, you want to become a member of Public Interest for Corporate Interest? Download the application for pipci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Or leave a message on 0439 395 489 with a postal address. We'll send you an application form or you can actually um, write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville. We're getting back to the... So, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest has decided, yes, we've decided we need a little bit of collective resistance regarding the public housing debate. Now, public housing isn't an issue for the, about homelessness. Obviously, it incorporates homelessness, but it's not an issue about homelessness. It's everybody's business. In a society where housing has become a commodity which is bought and sold, where the market to a significant degree is dominated by the needs of investors, where legislation is in place which rewards investors but actually stops people from actually accessing permanent housing in the private marketplace, you do need to understand that in order to ensure that everybody who cannot afford to enter the private housing market, and there are millions of people in this country who can't afford to to uh, enter the private housing market, that you need a robust public housing sector. Robust. So it can compete with the private housing sector, which will drive down rents and drive down, drive down housing prices and actually force investors out of the market and leave housing to what it was. It's not an investment type of uh, thing. It's, it's, about, it's about secure, stable accommodation. So what's this thing about collective defiance? Well, we've decided, that's right, we, not the corporate-owned media, not the government guild at ABC, we don't give a crap what they've decided, not what the Labor government in Victoria has decided, not what the opposition's parties, the Liberal National Opposition in Victoria has decided. They've all decided that law and order, you know, and transport, they're the issues. We heard our Prime Minister tell us that. We heard our Prime Minister tell us that, didn't we? Well, we need your practical support. We are holding a 10-day vigil 10-day vigil, peaceful vigil, from midday the 14th of November to midnight the 24th of November. That's right, you heard me clearly. 10 days on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House to force Victorians to think about public housing as the primary issue in the Victorian state election. Public housing. And our slogan is very simple. Because you don't need us to, you know, get all mucky and grimy during a 10-day protest on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. And you don't need our supporters to turn up with tea and coffee and, uh, you know, face washes. But what you need is to understand that collective defiance is what changes the political agenda. Because if there, if there is no collective defiance, there'll be no change to the political agenda. It'll be a law and order and transport election. 
the Liberal National Party opposition with their little mate, Mr. Mr. Howard. Well, sorry, Mr. Turnbull. That's how significant the man is. I've forgotten his name. You know, we'll be jumping up and down about African gangs, southern Sudanese gangs, Sudanese gangs, you name it. As long as they've got a black face on them, it's a gang. And the Andrews-led government, Labor government, will be talking about tunnels and roads and railway crossings and we will rush off to the polls in Victoria on the 24th of November and we will, you know, mark our ballot box whether we want law and order or whether we want transport. It's not a comedy show, boys and girls. This is real. This is what is going to happen unless there's some a bit of collective defiance. Well, we don't think these are the two major issues and I could go ad nauseum about why these are not the two major issues. We think having secure, stable housing for people at an affordable price is the key issue. Public housing, secure public housing, is the cornerstone to create a fairer society. It is the very cornerstone. If you're worried about how to meet rental, you know, your rent payments, if you're worried about, you know, having to live hand-to-mouth existence on the streets, if you're worried about your children never being able to enter the private housing market because of the low wage growth, well, then this is something that you should actually be interested in. So we don't expect you to be 10 days like idiots like me, who will be there for 10 days, apart from the occasional toilet break. But you can come along for a few hours. You could feed the monkeys, that's us. If you get get infused, you could actually stay a night, or two, or three, or four, or ten. But we have to do something to change the direction that this state election has been pushed into by the corporate-owned media who see the law and order campaign as the big thing. The winning Trump. Victoria, the crime cap- state of the world. Melbourne, the crime capital of Australia. Look, I'm nearly, what, I'm in my late 60s. I do walk alone in the dark. I do go out. I do re- frequent the African quarters. I do have African colleagues and friends. I don't feel unsafe. I'm not saying there's no crime. Obviously there's crime. 1% of uh, Victorians will be involved in you know criminal activity over the next 12 months. But to actually... I hate to use this word... <laughs> Tar a whole community of the same brush. How pathetic. But I'll talk about that later. So, public housing, everybody's business. Go to the Facebook page. Tell us you love us, but more importantly, tell us you're coming. Public housing's everybody's business. Ten days in November. You've got plenty of notice. If you're working, take your holidays early. Take ten days from the 14th to the 24th of November. Join us. If you're not working... Brilliant opportunity to get a bit of a suntan, make a point, a little bit of collective resistance, and hopefully there's enough of us there over those 10 days we'll actually be able to change the direction of the Victorian state election because we will be there to support candidates 
who wish to extend, not just protect, but extend the public housing sector to ensure that everybody, not just in Victoria but the rest of Australia, has access to secure, stable accommodation, the cornerstone of getting on with your life. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. Life goes on, as they say. Now, my health record. You've been hearing a little bit about that, boys and girls? My health record. My health, it's called. My health. Now, currently there are 6 million Australians who have volunteered to have their health records available on a national data system which can be accessed by a variety of healthcare workers. Now, look, I can understand, being a medical practitioner myself, I can understand the value of having a computerised health record which can be accessed by a whole variety of health professionals if the need arises. Now, obviously, a lot of people have concerns, and I'm one of these, I've got these concerns. Look, I, I have no hassles with a volunteer program. But what I find offensive is the fact that the federal government the government which claims it's about, you know, th- choice. Isn't that its mantra? Choice. Vote Liberal. Choice. Is now giving you and me, Australians, whose health records haven't been uploaded on my health record, giving us three months to opt out. You like that word? Opt out. So at the end of a three-month period, if you haven't jumped through the hoops to opt out, you will find that your records are automatically uploaded to the My Health National Health Data System. Automatically. End of story. Because if you don't opt out, it's assumed you agree. I had a friend of mine yesterday, he was a little bit, you know, peeved by the fact that uh, she uh, had to um, opt out, rang the number to opt out. And I'll give you the number. The number is one 800 seven. Two three four seven one. One eight hundred seven two three four seven one. Okay. Now, being a woman with time on her hands, she got a good book, put her feet up. And rain. Now I want you to guess how long she waited on the telephone 
before she was able to opt out. A minute? <laughs> no. I'm sure if you're trying to buy something, it would be a minute. Ten minutes? No. Twenty minutes? No. Thirty minutes? No. She'd read three chapters by then. Forty minutes? No. Fifty minutes? No. I think she'd been (laughs) through a third of the book by then. One hour? No. Now, people like you and me, we would have hung up after five minutes, obviously, because we're not as tenacious as this woman. One hour and ten minutes? No. Hmm. This is beginning to look like a Monty Python skit. (laughs) One hour and twenty minutes? No. All right, we're getting close. Don't, Don't turn on the radio off. One hour and 30 minutes? No. One hour and 40 minutes? She'd read three quarters of the book by now she was reading. No. One hour and 41 minutes, and it took one minute to get her registered to further opt out of the My Health thing. Now, come on. You know what you should be doing today if you want to opt out? You should be contacting your federal politicians' office, especially your Liberal National Party's politicians' <laughs> office, and say, what's all this bullshit that you're giving me the option of opting out if I want to opt out? And I'm not, I'm not recommending... I personally am not recommending that you opt out or opt in. That is a personal choice. You may have complex medical needs, and it makes a lot of sense to opt in. And if your data is released into the world, well... That's the risk you take. You may decide you've got really personal stuff that you don't want up there. You know, you may decide you want to opt out because you don't trust the system. So it's a personal choice. I've got no problem with that. So it's up to you what you you decide to do. But to expect somebody who wants to to opt out to wait one hour and 41 minutes on the phone to opt out basically ensures that people will not opt out. Opt out. So what you need is more people answering phones. Think about it. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au dot org dot au for the next six to eight weeks you can join public interest before corporate interest by downloading the applications form pipsy.net pipsy.net you can go to my personal facebook page toscano for the public toscano for the public and if you do go to that facebook page you'll find out that uh, the dinners with joe toscano are back in action Unfortunately, the restaurant we used to go to was closed down, so we've moved to another one. We had our first uh, gathering there last week, which was quite successful. So if you want to join me, 6pm tonight, 6 to 9pm, La Porqueta, 392, Ligon Street, 
Carlton North. That's 6 to 9pm every Wednesday night until further notice. If people don't turn up, we'll cancel it. I've got better things to do, obviously. But if you are interested in coming along, bit of a discussion, bit of a laugh, see if it takes you more than one hour and 41 minutes to opt out of the My Health record system. Who knows? Come along, 392. Oops, I I made a mistake. I'm a bad boy, very bad. I've sent people the wrong direction. Just ignore what I've said for the last minute. It's actually 392 Raftown Street. Raftown, R-A-T-H-D-O-W-D-N-E, Raftown Street, Carlton North. La Porqueta, 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North. That's the right place. Anyway, if you get lost, I'll have my phone on me. Give me a ring, 0439. 395-489. So the Facebook page, you can go to the Facebook page for Defend and Extend Public Housing and Public Housing Everybody's Business. So there's a lot of things. Or well, the Anarchist Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Follow the links, tons of stuff. You know, you can get uh, World Wide Web, RSI, quite easily. Now, while I'm talking, there's just a few little things to keep you up to date with. The uh, West Papuan Rent Collective, we have three gatherings a year to, uh, you know, meet each other, have lunch at the uh, site, at the office. The office is 838 Collins Street in Docklands, 838 Collins Street in Docklands. The next uh, West Papuan Open Day Rent Collective Gathering is on Sunday, the 5th of August. Uh, it's a 1pm lunch. It goes from about 1pm to 3pm. Uh, there's a lunch and there's a guest speaker, Jacob Gregg, will be talking about Australian-Indonesian military relations over the last uh, 60, over the last six decades. So 838 Collins Street, Docklands. you got any inquiries, you can ring 0420 0329 so 0420 250389 or go to the FRWP Women's Office at gmail.com Office at gmail.com so you don't have to be a member of the Rent Collective to come along you don't even have to be want to be a member of the Rent Collective to come along. But come along, and if we convince you to become a member of the Rent Collective, a dollar a day, we need 15 new members in the next few weeks. Come along, Sunday the 5th of August, 1pm lunch, provided by that wonderful catering, West Papua and Catering Group, the Pool Sampari Group, and there'll be live music by The Neighbours, which is one of those multicultural groups. They should all be deported. We should be a monoculture, shouldn't we? Well, that's what our beloved Prime Minister is kind of hinting. Because you've got to read between the lines. Now, a little bit of economics. Yeah, I know, I know, it's boring. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, if you don't pay your bills, you will be out in the streets. It's that simple. And you'll go to all these... You know, privately run homeless programs and they'll do their best, but it, you know, 
they can't because they can't really help in the long run because it's a structural problem. You know, when you make housing an investor's paradise, what do you expect? But I'm interested in the concept of household debt. I'm not sure whether it was Charles Dickens or it could have been, what's his name? The bloke who who wrote Tom Sawyer, Mark Twain. I think it was Charles Dickens who said that if you spend one penny more than you earn, that you'll end up in a debtor's prison sooner or later, usually sooner than later. So I was interested to learn, yes, I am still capable of learning, that over the, that Australia has one of the highest household debt levels in the developed world. And over the last three decades, this gap has widened and widened and widened. Now, it's very simple. What it means is that most of us are living beyond our means through access to cheap finance or expensive finance if you need it we have been able to either survive or enjoy the good things of life so we've been spending more than we earn it's very simple with the explosion of housing prices whether you rent or are trying to buy or even if you're one of the lucky people who've actually been able to pay off your home, what has occurred is that more and more resources are being poured into the housing sector at the expense of the rest of the marketplace. And that's over 60% of every dollar which is spent in Australia is spent on consumption Two-thirds of the economy is basically based on you buying something from somebody else. It's that simple. That as debt levels increase, there is less money to consume goods and services. And what happens is if interest rates go up, and they don't have to go up very much, 2 or 3%, you find that the economy, in inverted commas, which means you and me, find ourselves in a very difficult situation. And it affects everybody. Because it means less taxation revenue. When you've got a taxation system which is almost 70% dependent on pay-as-you-earn taxpayers, less revenue, which means less revenue for public services like health, education, infrastructure... Less revenue for Social Security. More issues. So it is an interesting situation to find ourselves in. And when you see that the banks are rapidly decreasing the amount of interest they pay on deposits, although they need deposits in order to be 
fluid in order to stay afloat, you can understand that we are in line for a possible perfect storm. In other words, financial meltdown. I mean, you may get away with it for a few years by putting the lid on wages or reducing wages or deregulating the economy or corporatising the economy or globalising the economy. But eventually, economic machinery will fall apart. And that has profound consequences in a capitalist society for individuals and families. Because not only do you lose what you've squirrelled away over decades of work, but you also lose the capacity to restart your life again in a meaningful way. So let's keep our eyes open when we go into debt. Obviously, I'm not telling people not to go into debt. You make personal decisions. Sometimes you need to go into debt to survive. It's the only way you can survive. But sooner or later, they will want their pound of flesh. And these days, it's sooner rather than later, despite the truncated uh, Royal Commission into the financial sector and the banking sector in this country. Listen to the Anarchist World this week. Now, I'd just like to dwell on the next topic, because I think it's very important. Well, maybe it isn't. Maybe you think it's a lot of crap. But I think it's important. Now, whether you like it or not, we do live in a multicultural society. It's simple. And whether you like it or not, we do live in a multicultural world. I mean, we don't tend to, you know, stick with our tribe. The great thing about the 21st century is this mobility that individuals have. So, at the end of the day, irrespective of what happens, we need to get on with each other. And to get on with each other, we need to show a little bit of respect, a little bit of tolerance. And that goes for everybody, not just me and you. Now, this year marks the 50th anniversary of an extraordinary event. And we will be celebrating that event on the sixth, Tuesday the 16th of October this year. At the I Will Stand With You Universal Human Rights Struggle 1968 to 2018 and Beyond Summit, which the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee has organised to mark the 50th anniversary of the day that Mr Peter Norman, who died in 2008, the Silver Olympic medalist in the 200 metres final in the Mexico Olympics, found himself in a situation which changed, dramatically changed his life. Because 1968 and 2018 were different periods. 
Now, Mr Tommy Smith and Mr John Carlos, the gold and bronze medalists were Afro-Americans and they were parts of the universal human rights push with which Afro-American athletes and their supporters were promoting during the 68 Olympics where there was a big debate about whether the Afro-American community would boycott the 68 Olympics as a result of the race riots and the inequality, the institutionalised inequality that was occurring, that had occurred in America for decades, if not hundreds of years. But they went, they compromised, went to the Olympics. Peter Norman runs the race of his life. His record, which is just over 20 seconds, continues to stand intact in Australia 50 years after the race, which is a remarkable athletic achievement for any human being, for a record to remain intact for 50 years. He had a choice. He had a choice. Carlos and Smith asked him, do you believe in universal human rights? Do you believe in God? And Peter Norman, a young man in his early 20s, said yes to both questions. I would have said yes to one. I wouldn't have said yes to the God one, but he had a religious upbringing, that's his right. He said yes to both questions. But he said something more important than that. He said to them, to these men, he said to these men, and these are his exact words, I will stand with you. Didn't say, ah, that's good, boys, I agree with it, but I'm going to turn my back on you and deny I ever knew you. He said, I will stand with you. He made that decision on that day. that he would support the call for universal human rights. He made that decision. I will stand with you. Today, 50 years later, we see the exact opposite in this country. We see race and colour being used to promote political parties. We are seeing the creative of a narrative which pushes aside a group of Australians because they don't look like somebody else, because their colour of their skin is different, because they speak a different language. And we are seeing this in a multicultural society where instead of trying to address the tensions which are developing, 
We are seeing so-called leaders in our society like Malcolm Turnbull, the Prime Minister of this country, saying he understands there is a problem regarding Sudanese gangs. Now, I'm old enough to remember the problems we had with Irish gangs, Italian gangs, Greek gangs, Vietnamese gangs, Chinese triads, Sicilian Mafia, you know, Baltic State drug runners, and the list goes on and on. It's as if pointing the finger and smearing a whole community with the sins of a small minority of that community somehow is the right thing to do in terms of trying to promote your political chances at the ballot box. How extraordinary. How extraordinary. When we have the gutter press, and my apologies to the gutter because it does something useful, when we have political leaders and community leaders jumping on this bandwagon, fanning the the, uh, flames, increasing discontent and hatred, And when the Victorian Human Rights Commissioner has the audacity to give us the figures that race-related complaints skyrocketed at the beginning of 2018 when this hysteria, this media, political-driven hysteria was at its height, we have the audacity for the opposition leader, Mr Guy and his cronies, to say... The Human Rights Commissioner is biased. She wasn't biased when she reported for the opposition regarding against the Andrews-led Labor government's uh, CFA reforms. Extraordinary. So when political leaders show no leadership, when community leaders show no leadership... When business leaders don't show leadership, it's time we as individuals show leadership as Peter Norman did. Peter Norman shouldn't be remembered because he won the silver medal in a record time which still stands 50 years later. He should be remembered because he made the decision that each and every one of us is in a position to make every day. I will Stand with you. Open your mouth. Shut down the bigots. Highlight their inconsistencies. Create a cohesive, harmonious community by standing up for the concept of universal human rights. Now, we are currently in the process. That's the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, which I'm convener of. We're in the process of being in a dialogue with the Melbourne City Council regarding the establishment of a significant interactive monument, not to Peter Norman, but to the actions Peter Norman took, where each and every one of us can be a Peter Norman every day, irrespective of our colour, our gender, our sexual orientation. We can stand up every day. I will stand with you.
And to mark that event, we have two very important events coming up, which I am personally inviting you to. One is on the 9th of October, which is Peter Norman Day. He was held, he's regarded so highly because of the action he took in 1968 by his fellow runners, Carlos and Smith. They went back to the United States in 2008 and convinced the American Athletic, Athletics and Trackers Field Association to declare the day of his funeral, the 9th of October, as Peter Norman Day, a day for universal human rights, a day for the universal human rights struggle. I will stand with you. So on the 9th of October, on Peter Norman Day, we'll be holding a celebration of that event to mark the 50th anniversary. And on Tuesday, the 16th of October, we will be holding a a one-day summit, which I will tell you more details about as we fill in the speakers list and the entertainment list. Three entry, all welcome. The Melbourne Unitarian Peace Church from 10am to 4pm on Tuesday the 16th of October. You want more information? Go to the webpage, Peter Norman CC, that's Commemorative Committee, PeterNormanCC.com, PeterNormanCC.com, or go to the Peter Norman Facebook page. Now, if you've got any ideas for speakers, keynote speakers, we want keynote speakers who have been involved in the human rights struggle, whether it's regarding gender or colour or race, or it doesn't matter. Keynote speakers, if you've got any suggestions, I would appreciate those suggestions. The Peter Norman Commemoration Committee would appreciate those suggestions. It's best to actually email them to info at peternormancc.com info at peternormancc.com or post them to Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. Let's move on. This is a winnable struggle, just like the public housing everybody's business. Winnable struggles. These are not struggles that require blood in the streets, revolution, dislocation. These are simple, basic struggles which reinforce our humanity as individuals, as activists, as members of a community. But the struggle which is much more intense is the economic struggle. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you have a harmonious society or not. What matters is, is whether that society is equal. And I'm talking about just equality of opportunity. We are talking about profound fundamental changes to society which go to the very heart of how we organise and who we are. During the course of human history, we have seen human beings adopt a myriad myriad forms of organisation in an attempt to look after the interests of their citizens. Look at the, you know, the shenanigans going on in the US of A with their commander-in-chief, President Groper. Look at the shenanigans there. Look at Adolf Hitler. He was elected. 
democratic process. Who used the first nuclear bombs on human beings? An elected president. Think about it. Look at all the world leaders today. It's that concentration of power which makes them powerful. Trump is a buffoon. But he's a powerful buffoon because he's the commander-in-chief of the most powerful military force the world has ever seen. That's what makes him dangerous. If he was a buffoon, you'd laugh at him. Simple. So it's about, anarchism is about breaking down hierarchy, introducing new forms of government which are based on the principle of not just creating wealth but redistributing wealth. It's about devolving power creating organisations, creating institutions, creating mechanisms where people can be involved in the decision-making processes while respecting fundamental rights that individuals have, not because of what side of the blanket they were born on, not where they were born, not who their parents were, but because of the fact that they are part of the same human race. Very simple. Simple ideas. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can even have dinner with me tonight. You pay for your own meal. I pay for my own at La Poqueta, 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North, 6 to 9pm. If you come before 6, I won't be there. If you come after 9, I'll be gone. Maybe that's the time you should come, before 6 and after 9. All right, you can email me, anarchistage at yahoo.com. Listen to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3CR dot org dot au listen to the anarchist world this week on your local community radio station next week i will you can listen to me next week i won't be listening to you evil minds that plot destruction sorcerer of death's construction an analysis you'll never hear anywhere else anarchist world this week Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.